0: Alhamdulillah, he will cafe. salamun ala ibadi hil levinastafa. Amma bad. Fa'u billahi belayhi minishaytani rajim. Bismillahi rahmani rahim. Wal levinajahedu fina lenahdi ennahum subulana. Subhana bika rumbil izzati amma yusifun Was salamun ala al mursanin. Alhamdulillah, Hirobil Alameen. Allahumma Sali Allah Sayyidina Muhammad Wa Allah Sayyidina Muhammad Wabarak was Sennim. Allahumma Sali Allah Sayyidina Mohammed, Wa Sayyidina Muhammad Wabarak was Sennim. Allahumma Sali Allah Sayyidina Mohammed, Wa Sayyidina Muhammad Wabarak was Being a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes creates paradoxes that can only be explained by being a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a funny statement. But it's exactly the circumstance that we find ourselves in in these last few moments of Ramadan. Somehow, a couple of hours from now, we're supposed to celebrate. But any person in their right mind, any believer in their right mind would realize that at the same time that we're supposed to celebrate, the effects of shaitan are going to be released upon the creation, and the opportunity to subjugate the nafs is going to be severely decreased. And all that we spent the whole month trying to achieve could theoretically become unraveled in one day. So it's funny, I mean, from one perspective, any person, I mean, if I told you that a mass murderer was going to be released from jail tonight, who would stand up and want to leave the masjid? (laughs) It would be the opposite. (laughs) Everybody would say, can we stay one more night? There was a news alert. Mass murderer got released. He was seen in Lincolnwood. (laughs) People would be asking, can we stay one extra night? Very strange. But the moment Ramadan comes to an end, we know that worse than the mass murderer is going to be released, we know that Shaitan is going to be free. And Shaitan comes with a vengeance, showing the effects that he can create, the facade, the fitna, the filth, the darkness. All of these features that we run from, that we're constantly fleeing from, all of these will exist again. The potential of these will again be present. But at the same time, in such an interesting way, we're actually commanded to celebrate this day. Even though it would make all the sense in the world to fast tomorrow. Why do I want to lose the continuity that I gained over one month? We're actually commanded that we can't fast. Even though it would make all the sense in the world to stay in the masjid, We're actually commanded to be with our families. It's such a paradox if you think about it. Like any person would think, if I benefited from 30 days, why can't I have 31? If I spent 10 days in the masjid, why can't I spend 11? If the community is thriving and alive and kicking, why can't we just continue? But subhanAllah, this is the reality of who we are. There is a time for this and there is a time for that. So maybe, you know, if I had to title this talk, they always ask me at the end of the talk, what's the title? Today I'm giving you the title up front. It's it's Retreat Versus Reality. Alhamdulillah, Ramadan is a retreat. The whole month of Ramadan is a retreat. You don't even have to go book a a cabin somewhere. The whole month of Ramadan becomes a retreat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviates so many of the negative and evil forces that are present around us, causes shaitan to be restrained, causes our nafs to be curtailed, and honestly, our whole life becomes one big retreat from the 11, other 11 months. Literally, literally. we don't even have to go somewhere. The whole month becomes one retreat for everybody. Now, it could have been the other way. Allah could have commanded us to go here and go there and some people would have made it and some people wouldn't have. But as I've mentioned before, none of us came to Ramadan. Ramadan came to us. Ramadan put all of creation in a retreat. Some appreciate it, some don't. Some respond to it, some don't. But we all went into retreat. And subhanAllah... Let's play the highlight reel. You know when you win the finals and they play the highlight highlight reel of the whole season? <laughs> we can play the highlight reel. Bunch of undrafted <laughs> benched players. <laughs> undrafted bench players showed up at the beginning of the retreat. Didn't know up from down. Buried in their sins unable to free themselves from the shackles that they bound themselves in. And all of a sudden, the month of Ramadan comes, and these undrafted players, who never could make a shot, they all get invited into the house of Allah. Honestly, it should have been the other way around. Look at the paradox of Deen. You know, coming back to this theme, look at the paradox of Deen. It should have been that we brought our deeds to the month of Ramadan. It should have been that to enter Ramadan, like in any other circumstance, you want a Nobel Prize, you bring your research and show us why you deserve a Nobel Prize. You want to be drafted, you bring your percentage, shot percentage, free throw percentage, your abilities, how many games you've won, how many championships, and then we'll draft you. Every other circumstance in life, to be able to have such an opportunity requires that you bring qualifications. The the paradox of Ramadan started from day one. The paradox of Ramadan started from day one. Each of us were given the opportunity to retreat inside this month, and particularly inside the fast, and inside his home, in order despite the fact that we didn't have any qualifications to do so. I mean, subhanAllah, all you can say is, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha Illallah, Allah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Hamd. Maybe you need context to understand why this is going to be the mantra for the next 24 hours. This is what's going to put us to bed tonight and this is what's going to wake us up in the morning. This is what's going to cause us to leave the house and this is what's going to establish that final celebration of Allah's mercy. Because really, really, honestly we brought nothing to the game. We're a bunch of benched players who are undrafted, who never would have made the team and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his infinite mercy brought us the month of Ramadan and allowed us to be able to be retreated within it rather than have to seek a retreat. And then, subhanAllah, honestly, honestly, just ask yourself the question, who would have been able to fast one month in a row? It would not have been possible. There's no way if I said to you, we all enjoyed this month so much, let's make a decision together that we're going to fast all of November, And at the last 10 days of November, we're going to have a gathering and we're going to call it, you know, Ittaqaf 2, and nobody's going to show up. Everybody will have an excuse. SubhanAllah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us the month of Ramadan, alleviated the challenges that would normally preclude us from being able to do these types of worship, and provided us with the opportunity of a lifetime, we have to be forever grateful to him and him alone. I mean, the amount of the fact that we fasted throughout the day, the fact that we were able to unify our hearts as a community, the fact that we were able to spend time with the Qur'an, the fact that we were consistent in the masjid, even just for Isha, even just for Isha, it's such a big blessing, let alone the various extra uh, uh, raka'ah that we were able to pray. SubhanAllah, it is just... Allah subhanahu wa taala's mercy from beginning to end that we were able to undergo this amazing experience. Amazing experience. Number one, we would have never been able to achieve it. And number two, we would have never been able to survive it. But not only did we enter into camp, we actually made the training. And now subhanAllah, from one perspective... It's very sad. The same blessings that we just described, which allowed us to come back to life and to become who we've become over the last 30 days, 29 to 30 days, subhanAllah, the same conditions are going to be removed. So who in their right mind is going to celebrate? But the reality is we're not dependent on our minds. We're dependent on the mercy of Allah. So, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deems that there's a month of Ramadan and that the month of Ramadan comes to an end, then subhanAllah, we are grateful for its beginning just as we are grateful for its end. And now we're commanded to worship in a different way. Tomorrow will be a new opportunity. Not tomorrow, tonight. Tonight will be a new opportunity. My hope is that all the energy that we generated here, all the worship, all the Qur'an, all the prayer, all the community, all the brotherhood and sisterhood, all the bond building, that all of that will translate into a change in the way in which we behave and engage with the outside world. The purpose of life is to worship, but the purpose of worship is to express it in the way we behave. Like, you know, uh, when you're in fourth grade, fifth grade, they show you that, uh, you know, they teach you about potential energy and kinetic energy, and I've mentioned this here many times before, but they tell you that, you know, if there's a child on a swing and a parent takes the swing and holds up the child, that's potential energy because they put energy into the child in the swing and they raise the child up, but they haven't yet released them. Now there's energy because they're holding up the child and the child has been wound back. And the moment you release, the, it converts into kinetics and then the child begins to swing. So the same challenge that we face today. The goal, over and over again, over and over again, our deen highlights to us that the true Muslim is the one who exhibits good character. The true Muslim is the one who doesn't harm another. The true Muslim is the one it's, who doesn't uh, uh, you know, speak in a certain way. Over and over again, the criteria for the truest of Islam is always going to be good character. So now the challenge is, do we take all of the acts of worship that Allah opened the door to in this month, and do we convert that into a change in the way we behave, both in the focus that we have of, on this world versus the hereafter, and in the way that we behave with others? That's the ultimate manifestation. And do we continue to preserve all that we gain this month by maintaining a very simple basic routine? These are the two challenges that we face. And all of them are possible because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only desires what's best for us. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put us into this month for a purpose, then there's no doubt in my mind that each of us has the potential because Allah would not have brought us here except that he wanted to send us home home with something. It's not the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring people into his house except that he sends them home with something. We ourselves wouldn't do that. You don't invite somebody to your home and send them empty-handed. You feed them. You take care of them. You hope hope that they have a good time. So in the same way, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called you to take advantage of the beautiful month of Ramadan, has given you the opportunity, honestly, to even fast one day, has given you the opportunity to offer any prayer, has given you the opportunity to think about what darkness was I drowned in and how can I convert that to light. And subhanAllah, there is tremendous, tremendous hope. This is a month in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks to forgive each of his servants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks for an excuse to be able to grant each servant renewal. Some people have spoken to me over the last few days and they're afraid that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not forgive them. It's not possible. It's not possible. I'm reminded of of a sheikh, story of a sheikh, in which there were a group of people that were in Arafah for Hajj. Now, you know, Arafah Hajj is a very big time of forgiveness. People go to Arafah during Hajj, and it's a very big time of forgiveness. It's known from Hadith that just throngs of people are forgiven. So there was an individual. He once, they were in Arafah. They were all crying. They were all making du'a. And the individual at the end, he turned to the Shaykh. And he said, I mean, just imagine, field full of people desert plain full of people. And he said to the sheikh, who is the worst person of this whole gathering? (coughs) Interesting question. (laughs) Who is the worst person in this whole gathering? So what did the sheikh say? He said, the worst person of this whole gathering is the one who thinks that Allah did not forgive them. Interesting. (laughs) Because it's not possible. It's like if a, If it rains, who doesn't get wet? So it rained the month of Ramadan. How is it not possible that we didn't get wet, so long as we weren't holding an umbrella over our heads? It's not possible. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought all of us into this month, and in particular brought each of you into the masjid, and created this opportunity for fasting, so that he could exhibit his forgiveness. Allah loves to pardon He's the one that pardons. He loves to pardon. So of course he's pardoned us. We should be absolutely confident in Allah's forgiveness. We should delete the past and look forward to the future. It's the greatest trick of shaitan that when a person leaves a gathering of opportunity that he leaves them buried in the past making them think that somehow they can't be forgiven. That somehow they have to carry the burden of what they've done. That somehow those memories should never be deleted. No, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. We never, ever, ever doubt the forgiveness of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He forgives, it's completely deleted. There is no sin on this planet that a person cannot bring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except that he is ready to forgive so long as we are ready to turn to Him and Him alone. That's the whole purpose of sin. That's the whole purpose of darkness. That's the whole purpose of all of these layers that we layer ourselves in. The whole idea is that we've, we come to a point in our lives where we crack and we realize that, wait a minute, this isn't where I should be, and here is an opportunity for renewal. So every person in this gathering and even beyond, should be absolutely confident that, the, that if you have at all turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with any degree of hope, with any degree of desire, and have turned to Him and Him alone, whether a tear has been shed or the eyes have remained dry, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives the one who turns to Him. We never ever lose hope in the forgiveness of Allah. And part of that, is to make the mistake, the biggest mistake, is to think that somehow that I am now still responsible for dragging my past and letting it hold me down. No. The past is gone. It's deleted. We don't live in the past. We live in the future. Yes, the past may inform us about what we need to avoid because we learn about ourselves and we recognize our weaknesses and we learn about the environments that are dangerous for us and we learn who's good company, who's bad company. We learn that I am susceptible to this so I need to avoid it next time. The past is always there to teach us about the future but we never bring the sins of the past into tomorrow. Those are gone, deleted, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is far beyond what any of us can ever imagine. Allah did not send this month of Ramadan, except that He desired all of humanity to be able to benefit. And subhanAllah, whether they've realized it or not, all of humanity has taken a piece home. And in particular, every believer who hoped in any degree, in any way, in any shape, in any form, despite the laziness, despite the fact that we didn't do necessarily exactly what we should have, but at least we turned to Allah looking for His perfection, and we did not depend upon our deeds, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ready to forgive, and we should be confident in that forgiveness. So now is not a time to be uh, you know, crying in our sins. Now is a time to be celebrating the magnificence of Allah. And that's why, even though in just an hour, Shaban and his effects will be available for the world again to be tripped up. And even though it makes all the sense in the world to fast a 31st day, and even though it makes all the sense in the world to not leave after being here for 10 days, we are forced to leave because we are forced to express that we are celebrating the forgiveness and the mercy of Allah. And so no one can doubt it, and everyone is forced Just as Ramadan forced itself upon us, it is forcing us to leave. We would have never come into Ramadan except that Ramadan came. And now we would not leave Ramadan except that it left. It's the total opposite, absolute paradox. But this is the magnificence of our Lord. There's a time for this, and there's a time for that. So now we celebrate the magnificence of Allah. That's what the rest of the tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, and as we move forward. So this is the first most important lesson. Yes, we have moments left and we're going to take advantage of those moments. We ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la to make the last moments of Ramadan, the best moments of Ramadan, so that the entire month of Ramadan counts that way. Because we know So we're not going to waste, you know, the last 10, 15, 20 minutes of Ramadan. We're going to take everything we can. We're going to juice this thing. But as soon as it's over, we're going to praise our Lord and we're going to be confident in his great name. That's just the nature of our deen. And that's the paradox of being a servant. It's not up to us. It's up to our Lord. And when he tells us to eat, we eat. And when he tells us to fast, we fast. And that's exactly what this deen is. There's a time for this and there's a time for that. At the same time, In the same vein, we also have to remember that all that we achieved requires that we do a few basic things in order to maintain. Now, it's hard to build, it's easy to maintain. You know, it's hard to build a masjid, as an example. It's much easier to maintain the masjid. So, subhanAllah, in this month, we've had the opportunity to build our iman, to build our commitment, to build our schedules. To see the potential that could arise from us as far as acts of worship and the way in which we behave. So now we seek to maintain that which has been built. And that maintenance means that we have to create a paradigm of reality versus the retreat. Meaning we retreated here, but the reality is not that life is a retreat. The reality is that we have work, we have families, we have challenges. We have opportunities, and all of these things are part of our deen. Being with one's family is part of their deen, just as much as being in the masjid. Working and earning a halal income is part of our deen, just as much as being in the masjid. All of these things are part of the reality that we're going to return to. So we don't look down upon them. We look forward to them, because what they do is they allow us an opportunity to, be expre- to express that which we gained in the masjid. So we're going to carry what we took from here and we're going to express it in every single domain of our lives and we're going to understand that there are times and places that are necessary for us to be able to maintain who we are which is the reality versus this retreat. So this means that every one of us needs to see what we gained by being in the masjid. The masjid is the water, and we are fish. Yes, there are times when we have to be out of water, but when we're out of the water, we feel like a fish until we're back in the water. And you see how fish, how uncomfortable they are when they're not in water. So every one of us on this day should make a commitment that we want to be consistent with the masjid, we should come up with a routine, and we should hold ourselves accountable to it. One time a day, two times a day, if the opportunity exists five times a day, but it's not going to happen unless we connect with our masjid. So this is a responsibility that falls upon all of us. Number two, we see how we were able to change our lives and build ourselves by creating a relationship with the Quran. And it doesn't matter where we are in that journey. Some of us have memorized and we're just trying to revise other of, others of us can barely read. We're just trying to put the letters together. It doesn't matter what the circumstance, it matters the intention and the effort. So all of us have seen the amazing power of the miracle of our deen. And this Qur'an is exactly that, the miracle of our deen. Every single messenger was given a miracle to convince their people. The miracle of the Prophet them was the Qur'an. And it is alive and available and as inspiring today as it was 1,400 years ago when it was first revealed. And in essence, I would argue that this whole month is just a celebration of that reality. So every single one of us needs to make a commitment to the Qur'an. Some connection with the Qur'an. Five minutes a day. Ten minutes a day. The Qur'an is the soul of the Muslim. When we bring it into ourselves, we come to life. And whatever we bring into us, by the way, is going to then be reflected in who we are. I mean, the Qur'an is light upon light. When we bring this light into our hearts, it elevates us, it raises us, it changes us, and it makes us model human beings in how we behave, with all of the world around us, which then elevates and changes all of humanity. It's not happening without this Qur'an. We can read all the books we want, listen to all the podcasts we want to listen to, send out all the tweets we want to send, until we sit down with the book of Allah and make it our focus, we will never be able to achieve the and maintain heights in our deen. So every single person here needs to understand that the blessing of Ramadan is predicated upon the Qur'an. The blessing of Ramadan is predicated on the Qur'an. And Ramadan will come and go. But the Qur'an is always there. So, think hard in these last few moments of Ramadan as to what type of commitment we're going to make with the Qur'an. Are we going to spend more time reading it? Are we going to spend more time memorizing it? Are we going to spend more time even just looking at it? We have to make a commitment to the Quran. So this is number two. Number three, we have been trained for 30 days of fasting. And that fasting began with food and drink. But we all know that it goes beyond to fast from the things that are not beneficial to us. And the ultimate manifestation of the fast is the fact that a bunch of you have come into the masjid and fasted from the whole world for ten days. What is it except just to fast from the outside world? It's the ultimate manifestation of the fasting that was occurring throughout Ramadan. In fact, I find it very interesting that the Prophet ﷺ, he mentions that people, that it's mandatory to give sadaqatul fitr and in one of the hadith that explained the benefits, it's explained that the sadaqat fitr protects from vain talk and bad behavior. Now ask the question, if sadaqat fitr is filling in the gap for the, in the, for the defects in our fast because of vain talk and bad behavior, then which, where does it say that fasting even involves vain talk and bad behavior? Fasting involves food and drink. But the Prophet of them is saying that we need to fill in the defects to fill in the vain talk and bad behavior in our fast. So it goes to show you that this fast was meant to penetrate and spread throughout our entire being. So that we didn't just fast from food and drink, but we fasted from everything other than what was less than desirable. Meaning we only, we fasted from the world and focused on our Lord. So now this is the challenge, is that does this lesson penetrate our hearts and minds? Do we see the benefit that we gained by being disconnected from the falseness of, the, of this world? Although food is real, it's not. Although this world appears real, it's not. We may taste when we eat, but we're not tasting. The only taste is in Jannah. We may be quenched when we drink, but we're not drinking. The only drink is in Jannah. We may feel that we have the companions in this world, or that we have companionship in this world, but the truest companionship is only in Jannah. There are no houses, there is no food, there is no drink, there is only test and the hereafter. So this fasting has to be perpetuated. You can't work so hard to remove so much, only to let everything fall back into place the moment you leave the month of Ramadan. So all of us need to think hard, and, think hard, think wide, think deep. What are the things that we are going to remove from our lives, and how are we going to maintain this global theme of fasting? Now, of course, the Dean teaches us, or at least the Prophet them exemplifies for us, the benefits of at least in, interspersing some, fast, some fasting from food and drink in our, in our routine. Maybe we make a decision to fast on Mondays. Maybe we make a decision to fast on Thursdays. Maybe we make a decision to fast Mondays and Thursdays. But this becomes the nodal energy that allows us to be able to fast from far greater than just food and drink. We need to fast from ourselves. The evil that exists within ourselves. The anger that exists within ourselves. The wasting of time that exists within ourselves. All of the procrastination that exists within ourselves. The dark part of ourselves that everyone has. That dark demon that exists within us. That wants to take us where we shouldn't be. That wants us to do that which we shouldn't do. That wants us to harm ourselves even though we know that there is no good. That demon that exists within all of us that's present in every single one of us. And today, it's reduced but not gone. Now the question is... Do we keep it where it belongs or do we allow it to expand and make us animals once again? So this is a challenge that all of us face and it's the reality of this month. We cannot let this month become a memory two days after it ends and then now we're trying to figure out how are we going to rebuild the house that just got destroyed and burned within two days. We have to guard what we gained. We have to appreciate the treasure that Allah has bestowed upon us. We have to know that there's no Ramadan to come back tomorrow. If I fail in two days, I don't have another Ramadan for another 12 months. So we have to guard, 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 keep, 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 maintain, maintain, maintain every single thing that we gained. That's the challenge that faces all of us as, we, as this month now is you know, coming to an end. These are just a few pieces of advice. You can ask the question of yourselves. I don't need to read a eulogy. Everybody needs to ask the question of themselves. Where was I and where have I come? Who was I and who have I become? Where where was I facing and where have I turned? And how am I going to maintain that so it doesn't become a distant memory? Rather, my old life should become a distant memory and I should now turn a new leaf. So that requires, again, we be consistent with our prayers. We present ourselves to Allah in his masjid with our sins, hoping for his forgiveness on day in, day out, day in, day out basis. We reconnect with the miracle of our religion, the Quran, and we allow it to be the food for our souls. We allow it to be that which elevates us, enlightens us, and makes us models of humanity. We don't need to feed off the dark ponds of the world uh, uh, that's gone astray. We have this light of the Qur'an which we need to bring into our hearts so that it emanates from our limbs so that all of humanity can see the mercy of their Lord. That responsibility falls on us. Allah gave us this month to train us so that we can gain taqwa, so that we can connect with the Qur'an, so that we can connect with the masjid, so that we can be examples of those who are forgiven and pardoned. We cannot afford to lose all that we've gained. Because even if we thought we could rebuild it, it's not going to be possible without another Ramadan. And who knows who's going to get the chance to see another Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us in innumerable infinite ways. In these last few moments in Ramadan, we should turn to him, we should beg from him, we should make a commitment to him. We should make a firm, solid commitment to Him. Drop the past, it's gone. We're not going to ruminate on yesterday. Look forward to the future and make a real plan for how we're going to achieve the goals and maintain ourselves and become and remain who we should be. That's the key challenge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be able to appreciate every single moment that He bestowed upon us and may He make us models of those who are forgiven in this month and who are able to carry the benefits of this month throughout the rest of the year. Wa ta'wana, anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin.